Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, good people. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. Rate, review, subscribe on your podcast feeds. YouTube, like, subscribe. A very special person is here today. Adam Silver's BFF. William Liu, how are you? I was going to say, man, you stole my line. I used to say that. <laughs> Yours was hello and welcome. I made uh-huh. sure I didn't repeat that, so I went with welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah. Um, it was flagged to me that I did it once by accident, and nah. someone said it to me. No, they didn't. And they said it to me. like, um, didn't William Liu say this? And I was like, okay, well, um, yeah. I didn't realize that. So I, I no, it It's all good, man. It's all good. I'm happy to come <laughs> on. Appreciate it. You know, everyone wants to talk about Raptors magic. No, I'm kidding. This is actually the one show today i'm not gonna be talking raptors magic unless you insist on it but i mean yeah i appreciate you having me on is what i'm trying to say the raptors offense that's why i brought will on someone who's following this team very closely amongst all of us and uh just seeing like where we are what we've learned and where things are going to go forward i think that's kind of where we're wondering where this team goes like what is the ceiling it's how good can they be in their half court offense how well can they execute defensively we know how good they can be they could be top five but also Bad offense leads to bad defense, too, at the same time. So factoring that all in together, um, just general points, like where are you with the Raptors offensively in terms of how they find success? What are those like couple of things that they're like, OK, we know we can get a possession, a good possession if we do this? I mean, if they give the ball to Pascal in the post, it's generally been really good. If they get the ball to yeah. Scotty to do anything on the court is generally been pretty good. Um, I also think that if there was like a third option, uh, I think. Dennis and Jakob in the pick and roll have some pretty good chemistry. Maybe mm. not the most efficient version of a pick and roll just because, um, you know, Yak is not a, th- a threat to shoot uh, at all. So there's no popping option there. And obviously Dennis isn't really taking pull-up threes uh, or shouldn't be taking pull-up threes. Um, you know, it's not his best skill. So you're primarily looking to get like a decent two, which definitely does, our, you know, cap your efficiency. But those mm. are kind of your three options. Um, as the lights turn off here in this meeting room, this meeting room that I've commandeered, all good. Sorry about that. But um, lights turn off on the Yak and Dennis Pick and Roll. <laughs> oh man, wow, it's like it's Joking. like pathetic fallacy over here. But no, seriously, like uh, those are the three options. I mean, look, there, there's other things that you can do. It's just, just that will work kind of situationally. But primarily speaking, like that's how the Raptors are going to get their points half court. Well, I'm happy you asked. Uh, asked mentioned that Yak and Dennis pick and roll because that's kind of where I want to pivot to. That is like probably their highest usage version of the pick and roll. Second one, one being like Scotty Barnes and I suppose Yaka uh, Pertl as well. And there's good things that they do, but also there's some of the flaws that we've mentioned. Um, what are the good things that they do? I see like you know Dennis can get downhill, and he's actually told me post game um, a few games ago, like he realized after looking at film that he wasn't pursuing his own shot enough in terms of driving to the basket and bending defenses. And that's one of his strongest attributes is, is speed. And so you put that in, then all of a sudden those dump off passes to yak and kind of flow a little bit, but anyways, um, as you were. Yeah. I mean, I, I think yak for the most part has been shooting well. I know there's like 
some games where I'm like, okay, he dropped the ball here or he missed a lip here. Like that's just mm-hmm. that's just gonna happen. Like, but overall, the numbers are saying that Yak is shooting 78% on the roll. Um yeah. which is amazing. I actually don't think you could shoot better than that on the roll most times, but um yeah, I think the the issue really is that you don't have any threat to sort of like hit pull-ups. I mean, like you see Dennis hitting mid-range pull-ups a decent mm-hmm. amount. That space is always there because teams are almost always dropping back deep drops against this 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 grouping and so there is an artificial limit to what they can get out of it just because the three is just not a factor for either guy. But even Dennis, I think, is shooting okay in pick and rolls. Like he's shooting 46% in the pick and roll overall. Um, his effective mm-hmm. field percentage, I think, is 46.8, which means basically all of it is on twos. Like there's like yeah. very, very marginal is, amount yes. that is on threes. But um, and so that's what's gonna hold them back because, like, yeah, I mean, like obviously when you think about pick and rolls play nowadays in the NBA, like you're gonna see a lot of pull-up three-point shooting, you can see some pick and popping. Um you know, my only th- gripe with this is like sometimes Dennis could be a little turnover prone. Like, I think his turnovers on pick and roll right now are like sixteen percent. So yes, it is. I, <laughs> yes, want to see that drop down to like probably ideally like we've seen. There's like players like Tyus Jones are like three percent. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so like I'm not expecting him to be like leading the league in, in reducing turnovers, but maybe even getting down to like seven or eight. Um, because I think generally speaking, there there's a great connection there. Like Dennis has a really creative and and, and um slick way of finding yak on the on these roles but at the same time you know again without the three you're just going to be pretty limited yeah and we've seen them try things over time i noticed um after that celtics game where they also use a lot of low angle pick and roll and that's mm-hmm. when the raptors started using that against the pistons and there was one play it was off a reset but they did it and it worked and i'm wondering if how much can they activate that aspect and you mentioned the mid-range shots for for dennis they are kind of popping off and uh, he is trying to float us more it's not going to be the trey young level of execution but it's there for him and they talk so much and i'm talking darko it's about mm-hmm. angles and how can they get movement going into these pick and rolls and i think this is like part of the steps for them but considering how good Jakob Pertl is as a role man, like I think he's at what 1.37 points per possession and that's yeah. around Lori Marketing, that's around JV. Um, that's a solid number and so that's like a great starting ground is how do you make sure you're getting the ball to him and some of that is going to be on Dennis is to make sure that he is a threat at a few levels. Maybe it's not going to be the three because he doesn't have that pull-up shot uh, very consistently. He's got a kind of a slow release, but at the same time, he's got the pull-up going and he's feeling the flow of it. Um, I think he's got the autonomy to take those shots and he's encouraged. And um, he's, you know, to his credit, like he is getting better and better at it, right? He said mm-hmm. he wanted to get better at it and uh, he's continuing to make strides there. So how much better it gets, like that's kind of where I land is like, how close are we to the ceiling of it? Yeah. How close are we to the ceiling of this? Yes. That's really it. Like, yeah, of course, like you can get to, you could disguise the plays. You, you know, you can, you know, approach it from different ends. You can improve your spacing. Those things all definitely matter when you're talking about this pick and roll. But Mm. like, I mean, again, like Yak's probably not going to shoot higher than 80% on the roll. Like (laughs) at a certain (laughs) point, you got to be able to offer different threats. Um, And it's even hard to always find Yak when, as you mentioned, Dennis isn't presenting himself as a scoring threat as well. So, Mm. yeah, look, listen, I I think this should be your third option on offense. I I actually wouldn't mind seeing some of this with the bench as well. We see some of the bench groupings uh, struggle. I think a a Yak and Dennis pick and roll with some bench groups out there and then they, they basically never use this group with the bench but if they mm-hmm. did it out there you might bring some more organization because i think that's probably one of the issues with the bench in the last couple of years just don't see much organization with that group when they really start to struggle when they really start to slide second quarter against the celtics 
um wow again when i talk about the bench the uh, the lights <laughs> turn off it's like motion censored so yeah, like if i, I just you... sit still like it doesn't it, it, it will just turn off it happened when i was interviewing gary as well this is the exact same seat but like <laughs> yeah uh the bench could use some organization and i do yeah. think that overall yak and dennis running pick and roll does bring a nice organization to the offense like it feels very satisfying when they do finally connect on a pick and roll and you know yak gets a layup inevitably yeah through the leg pass dennis loves that Shovel pass, man. You know, is, you know, behind the back, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, he's he's very crafty. Indeed, he is. Does he have a a Sportsnet like fanny pack or anything like that? A Sportsnet jacket? Does he have anything like that? Yeah, we, his... we, we got to get him some gear. You're right, man. <laughs> Let me ask DT. It's probably going to be a Sportsnet water bottle. DT would love that kind of stuff. I know that man. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We, Dennis holding both. that bottle, taking a sip out of it. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> Only things I'll say on the Dennis Yak thing is that I, I think they have to, they use it a little bit um, early on, but I think they got to use more of those high pick and rolls. Like I'm talking as soon as they get across half court, those drag screens, mm. they're really beneficial just to extend the defense and give Dennis and Yak space to create those two on ones. And then also uh, we shouldn't see any like pick and rolls between those two at the top of the key. They should all be like empty side stuff to me okay. um, right. just to help them um, have more space on the court. And then from there, like maybe you have some off ball actions, maybe you have, Pascal, who's just some great cutting against the Pistons, you have that going, but um, yeah. that's kind of where I'd land on it. it. It shouldn't be your primary, um, but maybe there are days, like especially on a night like tonight, where you have mm-hmm. you know a couple of bigs that are mobile but also foul prone. Um, maybe you can you know get a, draw a few fouls, get downhill, and then from there you're you're kind of cooking with um, the other parts of your of your offense. So, um, but then moving on to a Scotty Barnes at pick and roll, mm-hmm. yeah. or Scotty at at point guard in general. Yeah. Um, where, where are you with, with Scotty? Uh, is he getting enough reps at that position? Cause right now he's at what uh, 3.1 pick and roll reps per game. And you mentioned the turnover problems that Dennis has. Well, Scotty's like the exact opposite because he's mm-hmm. only turning, turning over the ball at 5% um, c- compared to Dennis's at 16.3. But anyways, Scotty Barnes, is he getting enough point guard reps? I mean, I think so. First off, it's exclusively coming with the second unit. Right. And so with the starting group, you're very rarely seeing Scotty run the point for the starters. It's pretty clearly Dennis is running point for the starting group. Anytime Dennis is out there, he's running point. I mean, you're even seeing now two point lineups with uh, him and Malachi together. I think they um, dark desperate for shooting or desperate for shooting, Uh, desperate for (laughs) shooting, maybe even desperate for some more ball handling, some better decision making. But in general, like, you know. Scotty's had to run the point in the times when Dennis has has sat. Now, there's been enough of those moments where those two guys are not sharing the floor together. I also think late in the games, like Scotty has the ball in his hands, you know, the way it should be, which is enough. I mean, assuming he's in the game, obviously that that's what happened in that Celtics game. Oh he didn't get in late, boy, but it's still bothering. I know. Look, <laughs> listen, he's a rookie coach. His intentions were good. He didn't want to overplay his starters. So you know, what would Nick Durst do? <laughs> You can well, rest in the timeout. <laughs> Nick Nurse would win the game and forgot about everything else, which I think, uh, you True. know, it's, it's a different approach and it's it's for a different team. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think, Scotty, on the whole, like, if you want to take away some of the pick and roll touches from Dennis, I, I don't – I wouldn't mind. Like, Dennis is pretty high in terms of uh, his touches per game and things like that. And But, I mean, overall, I think Scotty's getting the ball a decent amount. I actually don't mind when Scotty's – uh, not running point because I think it sets him up to score a little bit better as well. Yeah. One of the issues I think with him with the second unit is he's got to call his own number, and I think he's very naturally unselfish. But I also think that when you're the point guard, you got to get yourself into that offense and then maybe get it back and then maybe then go attack. Like that just takes a lot of time. If you cut out the middle man, you have someone else bring the ball up, put set up Scotty in a position to score. Um, 
mm. you know, you at least reduce one of the steps and make it make maybe make your offense run a little bit faster as well. But I mean, like like in general, like everyone's like thrilled about what Scotty's doing. And um yeah, I mean, I think he's getting the ball enough, but you know, no one's arguing against more touches for Scotty. Sure thing. There are people arguing about how much Dennis is getting the ball and they're feeling like it's a little bit too much. Um, on, yeah. Also on his credit, 42.9 catch and shoot percentage so far this season. Um, another thing that he's delivering on, right. probably, you know, building off of that uh, German national team off season, he continues to make his threes. Um, that's mm-hmm. a great sign. But if you want to move him off ball more, give Scotty more touches. I mean, his pick and roll game, it's, it's so fun to watch because I think he's getting more confident with his ball handling. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, yeah. so that way he's able to get more cerebral and he just has that confidence. And now he's serving the court more and he's able to find those cutters and just like the, the range of passes he can make because of his height is where it's just so special. And considering some of these runners he's hitting, like he gets one foot in the paint and he's just yeah. like vaulting up and may do a toilet bowl around, but he, he's hitting those shots. It's been so fun to just to watch him get more of these touches and also execute them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, look, that that's, this is what everybody wants. Like all season, we, we, you know, we, we talked about the Raptors, whether they should rebuild, not rebuild, whatever, like it, the Raptors are, the Raptors fan base is like fairly divided among a, a, a number of fronts. The one mm-hmm. thing everyone can agree on is that everyone wants to see the ball more in Scotty's hands and for him to do more with it. And that's exactly yeah. what he's done this season. Uh, and that isn't even factor in how good he's been defensively. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, he's the one guy where I'm like, just whatever they're doing with him, like, just keep, just keep going, just keep going and keep empowering him too. Cause I think he does feel like very empowered in, in, in this offense under Darko. And, uh, you know, I think that's led to a higher engagement level too. Mm-hmm. Well, funny you mentioned that, that Darko, after the uh, last game, he said that he feels like Scotty has to narrow his focus a little bit. And he mm, gave this analogy okay. about um, a player who has like, you know, one skill set, a very good skill set. You know, they're a role player, a person who has two. I mean, they could be uh, a starter. And then a person mm. who has like three very good skills. He's like, that's probably an all star. But if you get four or five, maybe you're in the G League because you're you just can't be good at everything you're better off being like the jack of all trades thing is good but you want to have like three things that you make you extremely powerful on the court and he mentioned scotty in that vein and mm. it's funny for a scotty to realize that or to hear is that like you're in high school like we're, we're trying to figure out what do we want to do with our lives and so you have to like figure out what are those three things and to his credit like we're look, t- looking at the development he's made this past season and uh, what he's doing with these these touches um it must be a hard thing for him to look at like three things that he wants to focus on when his his game is still kind of evolving. Yeah. Not that I wanted this because I, I heard this from Darko as well. And when I heard it, yeah. my reaction was like, uh, I, I don't know, actually. I, I, I Kind of me too. <laughs> I, I was like, yeah, you know, like I, I think LeBron's good at one of three things. And I think Kawhi's good at one of three things. And um, yeah, I mean, look, listen, I, I actually don't mind for Scotty to like dabble and try pretty much whatever he wants to do in the court, you know? And so, I understand what he's yeah. saying, like in terms of like splitting your focus and then you end up having sort of nothing. But I think what's been really promising is that there's already really good things he came into the league with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you you see the you see the playmaking, um, you see the defense right away, and those things were great. You see the the hustle as well, that the basketball IQ is, is really high for him too. So, you know, the more that he wants to dabble on shooting, like I'm not worried that he's gonna lose mm-hmm. the other skills. I actually just want to see him add and build. So I'm gonna disagree yeah. with Darko on this one, but you know, I think Darko overall's done a great job with Scotty. So, I mean, sure. I think I'm not disagreeing with the overall approach, but I, I, I do hear what he's saying. Um, but to me, it's it's really been re- the most exciting thing about the season is, is seeing Scotty dabble and try these new things mm-hmm. and and it working out for him. That's the most important thing. If it didn't work out for him, we'll be like, all right, this is a development year or whatever, or the Detroit Pistons. But we're we're not. We're actually a competitive team because Scotty's made this jump. 
Four Pistons. My goodness. Sorry, man. That, that team is a wall. Poor guy. Like, Poor I wanna, Williams, man. <laughs> seriously, like, what did you get yourself into? Um, I oh. want to be happy about the Raptors and their ball movement. It's all fun, but like that was a bad, bad team they faced. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh well, good. Spent a lot of the third quarter uh, answering emails. Um, <laughs> it was one of Indeed. those. It was one of those. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, you mentioned Pascal Siakam, um, yeah. that being a reliable source of offense. And do you quibble with the idea of the offense kind of diverting to what it was last season to a way? Like we saw it early in the season, Pascal was taking a lot more threes. A lot more spacing opportunities for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of felt like him and Scotty were taking turns. Like one of them was gonna be a spacer, the other one's at the top of the floor. And yeah. but now with this with this addition, it seems like, um, and obviously Pascal, if you didn't hear the quote, he was pretty happy about how things have gone over the past few games because it's this yeah, is his wheelhouse, this is his yeah. game. Um, but is it 0.5 basketball? I mean, I, I feel like Darko's had to kind of change the game plan a little bit um to appease and get the best out of Pascal Siakam, but I think. To some degree, that's how it has to go. That's I think that's that's coaching. That's management at any level. Like you you mm-hmm. definitely have an idea in mind. You definitely want to stick to your principles. You want to be firm, but you also want to be flexible and you want to be pragmatic in this case. Um Pascal's just not going to be a good player, uh very or very effective player if you're just asking him to play as a spacer. He's not a good three-point shooter. I mean, and and not only that, like he's in a really bad three-point shooting slump to the point where like he made a three against the Pistons and he like threw his hands up like finally, thank you. And it's like, yeah, I mean, that's not, you know, the sign of a most confident three-point shooter. But, you know, I, I think there are lots of ways that the Raptors can use Pascal. Um, and that I think Darko is learning sort of as he mm-hmm. goes on that front but to me that's an encouraging sign that he's found ways to get Pascal going like the last uh what so he had like two really quiet nights 10 points against Philly eight points against San Antonio um in the six games since he's averaged 24 points eight rebounds a game five assists shooting 56 percent from the field and, and getting to the foul line six times now of course he's got to get his straight point percentage up I mean I think he's at like two threes maybe one in this range uh, once yeah. again, wow, pathetic fallacy in the room. Um, and then <laughs> I think the other thing, too, is his free throws, right? I think there's like a noticeable like hitch in the free throw, which is leading to a lot mm-hmm. of points that are being left on the board for somebody who should at least be in the 75% range. Um, but yeah, like th- what's the problem here? Like the Raptors um, half-court offense was, was really in the dumps. They weren't really able to find mm-hmm. anything out of Pascal on a consistent basis when you mostly ask him to be a shooter. So, you know, you, you do this thing now where I feel like it doesn't really eat into Scotty's opportunities. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And and that's what I'm like ultimately looking at. Scotty's been able to be great. Pascal's been able to be great. If you have two all-star level players, 
then this team has actually has a chance to be competitive. Like long term, like do you want to only have guys with 0.5 principles? Probably. Like probably that is that is the vision. But until the front office changes the personnel, if the ask from that front office is for this team to be competitive and also to well to be competitive, but also to develop. That yeah. this is the way to do it. And I think Darko's actually found that time. So I appreciate that he's been flexible um, and firm at the same time. But on, on Pascal's own perspective, like he's got to find a way to get that jumper going, man. Like long term for him and also long term for the Raptors, like they're going to need Pascal to not shoot like one for 20 from three and also sure. to make his free throws at the bare minimum. Yeah. Going back to when he finally did make a shot, did you see Jamma's reaction on the bench? He gave like no, that look to his, he gave his like, look to your homies when they do something, we see something cool. They're like, yo, look what he did. Look what he did. His eyes yeah. got all big. Everyone's been waiting for him to hit that shot. He's uh, currently shooting 24.5%. If you need a reminder, last season was 32%. And on catch and shoot threes, similar number, 31% this season. Last season was around 34% as well. Like, look, like the shot, I mean, I I, I dissected myself. I talked to CJ about it. Mm-hmm. Shout out Strictly Hoops. Um, yep. He says that it feels like it's more of a mental thing than anything else um, okay. because right. the flow looks good. But then I look at also, you know, the way he misses shots, sometimes it's very yeah, it's erratic. Long. It is. And yeah. I find sometimes it's his guide hand. It's uh, shooting. It's going a little bit, a little bit left. And other times it's really deep. Um, but it seems like the stroke is what it should be. So it, it does kind of indicate to me that there's just like a mental thing. And also with his free throws, I don't know, maybe it's just me when guys have a lot of movement, like upper body to lower body mm-hmm. um, with their free throws, it just doesn't, it's like a higher chance that they're not going to win. And he has like a lot of movement. It's a lot of coordination between everything for yeah. them to go in. And then he just stops like right at the top. And then he follows three, like like a nice little That's smooth thing. motion. It stops. That's why there's a hitch in the free throw form. It's like yeah. so noticeable when he does it in the yeah. free throw. Less so when he shoots the ball from three. But like there was a game, I think, um, which game was it? Uh, against the the Celtics, and I think he might have. He did a he did a good job in the Celtics game. Mostly scored mid range and also around the basket. But yeah, only um, one free throw in that game. <laughs> He was uh, there was a stretch there where he like missed like ten straight like warm up threes in a row, to the point where he's like, all right, let me just break up my warm up practice and then just get a layup just to fall, see the ball go through the basket before I go back to yeah because I'm a sickle. I love watching warm ups, but it's like yeah to me that's that's just yeah. like look I, I mean you know he's always been inconsistent as a three point shooter, um, but like closer to average I would say maybe slightly mm-hmm. below average. Right now he it it became like he just it just eliminated that from his his shot diet and yeah i mean it's gonna need to be there no matter what system that they run because you just need your all-star level player to be able to knock down some threes he's done it before in the past too so whatever it is um whether he needs to find his old rhythm you know change up his training whatever it is specifically but yeah he's he's got to get back there that's pretty pretty vital and the rest of the team um, three-point shooting has not been a strength of this team for a few seasons now. Um, right now, they're 23rd in corner threes, 28th in non-corner threes, and I believe, what, 27th overall in just three-point shooting in general. Like, we – it's like a no-no where you you help on the strong side, but teams are doing that against the Raptors because oh, yeah, you yeah. probably can. And we're seeing the box and elbows defense zoning up the weak side and just clogging the middle. Like, I, I look at players like a Chris Boucher who actually – Credit to him um, mm-hmm. over the last six games, nine of 15 from three. So yep. a credit to him. But Jalen McDaniels, Otto Porter Jr. when he's healthy, Malachi Flint turned it around a little bit. Precious teased us with a somewhat of a transition three last game. These are the guys that are we're kind of relying upon to help uh, stabilize the three-point shooting. Look at the starters. The 21st in the league in, mm-hmm. in three-point shooting amongst the starters. And that's with Pascal Siakam just demoralizing that percentage. But then you yeah. go to the bench unit and they plummet to 27th. So 
you know, Pascal's taking less threes, which, you know, going off of that last game against the Pistons where he's doing a lot more cutting compared to three-point shooting, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe if if those guys are able to find a groove and we keep on saying it, I want to see it. <laughs> um, if they are able to, um, I'm curious if they can convince some defenses to not clog the paint as much. I don't yeah. know. Uh, look, I yeah, think any, no. any, any smart, well-prepared, um and well-drilled team should be packing a paint against the raptors like full stop you know um if you aren't doing that then i actually have some concerns as to how -hmm. prepared you are but um i look listen like with the guys you're bringing off the bench to 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 hit the threes outside of auto all those guys are inconsistent shooters malachi closer to like average maybe even above average i mean he he mostly just takes like above the break threes. some of them are pull-ups as well so it's gonna bring down your percentage a little bit but you know those guys aren't really going to consistently bring you like great mm-hmm. three point shooting. Um, I think the the key for me is just like, you know, like how much can the Raptors get like more catch and shoot threes? Cause I think they should be at least a little bit better on those than anything else. I think they're actually yeah. close to league average at catch and shoot threes, which is, was a little surprising when I looked up the number. Um, but yeah, 23rd, like there's, yeah, 23rd. Yeah. Okay. 23rd. But like percentage wise, it's not like too far from like where, where the league average is on that front. Mm. But um, I think for, for, the team is just like there's not a lot of pull-up three-point shooting period i mean um you know unless we see like a significant skill jump and maybe we're seeing that from scotty you know it was great when uh he hit the pull-up three against san antonio it was even greater when dennis said he was like yeah we were in the timeout and darko was like okay these are the options here and then scotty was like but i could just step back for, for three and he tied the game <laughs> sent it to overtime with that one so that was sick but like uh, barring any like significant skill jumps, like where the Raptors need to find more is is sort of catch and shoot threes. And at that point, it's like, look, can guys just fire with some confidence, right? It wasn't that one of the practices that Darko had was like, let's just clear for two hours and just like shoot the three with confidence. I mean, like honestly, when you and I go in the gym, I would say like ninety percent of the drills are guys shooting threes. So it's never like these. And guys Pascal's hitting them too. That's the worried part. He's hitting them in practice. Yeah. yeah. Uh. But I mean, ultimately, like, yeah, like yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's that's something that you know if they're going to get more three point shooting, it's probably from that, but um, are they going to be able to convince teams to mm. uh, not help off the shooters? Probably not. No. Yeah. Like the only guy that people are not helping off of is probably OG. And they're not sure. like, let's be honest. We're not, they're not exactly like, you know, sticking to OG. Like they're sticking to clay Thompson or Steph Curry. Like they're mm. saying mostly like, okay, we're probably not going to help off of him, but we have like three other guys who can help in addition to whoever's on the ball. So, yeah. And also it's a credit to like Pascal and Scotty and even like, you know, Jakob around the, around the paint is that you're going to help off them because you're just going to play the percentages. Like those are yeah, guys yeah. who finish well around the rim and um, you're going to take your chances with the Malachi front, sure. even though he's shooting what 37% from three love those uh, relocation threes from that. Actually yeah. your, your thoughts on Malachi, because he's really oh. just taking steps by step each game. Uh, the only, the moment that sticks out to me from his rookie year is like actually in preseason and he was picking up LaMelo, ball like full core and he was just all up into him and that's like okay this is like the identity of fred van bleed of kyle lowry of like that aggression and that intensity and you know Wait, his are you talking about preseason 2020 preseason or yeah yeah I'm talking okay. about his rookie season say, we haven't played the horde into preseason since that time but yeah you're right yeah keep going yeah 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 and that's like that's the moment that's always stood out to me like that's okay. i found that was his identity and uh it seems like he's finding that that mojo again of just like relentless forward progress with the, his defense. Um, Dennis has said probably on your show too, that, you know, he wants Malachi to pick up full court. Like that's what Dennis does. Like he knows yeah. like this is the kind of pressure we want to apply. And also I think in some ways it's like what Nick nurse was doing with Scotty Barnes last year is like, it engages him. It gets him going. 
mm. when he was making him a point of attack nice. defender. And I think that's good for, for Malachi too. It's helping him. Look, man, I, I think this whole um, reclamation of, of Malachi Flynn has been like really heartwarming. I, I've uh, really enjoyed it. It makes me say awe. Like when I, when I hear everyone talking about like, you mm. know, Tarko saying like, uh, what's the thing you learned about Malachi? It's like, you know, I, I learned that I want to put a smile on his face and, and the dentist putting his arm around his shoulder and, and even giving him that opportunity. Cause it's like, look, like he, he was in real danger of falling out of the, like the rotation yeah. wall. I mean, he was already falling out of the rotation, but like falling out the league, you just don't know. Like you, you get your first chance here with this team. Most teams don't stick by you for four years when you don't show anything in the first three years and no offense, but it wasn't like enough, right? Most mm -hmm. teams will pull, pull the plug, but the Raptors actually stuck through with it. Give them a different or they signed Jeff Doughton Jr. <laughs> well, yeah. that, that too, you know, but like, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, like they, you know what? And, and if they show this much faith in him, like, you know, I, I would have hoped for his sake that he would have shown something because if he didn't, after all of this, then it would really clearly definitively say to both the Raptors and maybe even other teams that there's no future here. But I think there is something there. And I think that for this team in particular, look, you definitely need guard play you need guard help mm -hmm. and honestly if you can play at this level you might be even willing to re-sign him to a cheaper deal and all of a sudden you create an asset or at least you create a backup point guard but forget the assets for, for a second but yeah i mean i think he's been all right um i think he's played with more confidence I, I like when he's scrapping on defense i like when he's picking on full court he's probably only gonna play like 15 minutes 20 minutes tops you might as yeah. well expend all your energy out there right what are you saving that for um the three-point shooting I mean, it's not unlike a lot of backup point guards where they come off the bench and play, kind of play 3 and D and don't play make all that much. Mm -hmm. What I would like to see from Malachi is like maybe set up Scotty to be more of a scorer in that group where Malachi takes on the ball handling so that Scotty can get open off screens, off whatever, off ball, and then you deliver the pass to him and then you kind of like do your job from there. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like I, I think that like this has been one of the most promising things for the Raptors this season. Or not promising, just like, it's just heartwarming, man. I, I I think a lot of people lost faith in Malachi, but the Raptors didn't. And turns out the Raptors might have been right. And the payoff might be not huge. Like, I don't mm -hmm. see him being a future starter. But, you know, coming into this season, I didn't think there was like a long-term future in the NBA period. So to see him make this jump is, is good for him uh, personally and also for the Raptors. Masai's patience has been ridiculed quite a bit um, over the years. Yeah. But this might be a case where maybe it worked out. Um, I think he liked Malachi and uh, you like his... His personality, his character, I think they both like that. He's a nice guy, man. Sorry, I'm soft, man. I'm sorry. When you get to know these guys at least a little bit, I'm like, yeah, I'm rooting for all of you. Well, turn, turns out uh, it's more, it's about more than what happens on the on the court. It's it's also who you are off the court. And he is a great guy, so yeah, good for Malachi. He's also getting more and more jacked every single year, it seems like. Which is, oh, amazing. yeah. Again, must, that's awesome. must, but maybe he needed it. Who knows? Sure. sure. Maybe he needed it, yeah. Yeah. Jacker Pertl at the five. Um, being a creator for the Raptors. So that elbow elbow offense, um, he is third in the league in elbow touches, or sorry, fourth in the league in elbow touches behind Sabonis, Jokic, Vucevic, and then you got Jakob Pertl. Um, on, he's only averaging 2.1 field goal attempts on those, 3.4 points, and compared to at least as a bonus in Jokic, I'm not sure what the Bulls are doing with Vucevic. It seems like he's just like hand, handing it off and then he just kind of spaces out. Yeah. But for those guys, like they're around 5.2 points, 6.4 points, and we're running back into the problem that we talked about with the pick and roll is that, you know, and there have been a few moments, just like these flashes where Yak will just like fake a pass and he's driving to the rim and he finishes at mm -hmm. the basket. Um, And I love seeing that stuff, but 
he's a smart player. He did this with the Spurs. Um, what is the ceiling for Jakobert, at least within like this iteration of of the Raptors offense? Like, how much can you rely on him to be um, kind of a playmaker at the top of the key with this with this offense? Is there are there po- parts that that we haven't really used yet to get more out of it? I think there's there is still more that you can get out of it. Um, yeah. I, I think that I like the idea of throwing in the ball to Yak when it's a little bit hard for some of the other wings to get open. Of course, that will require guys to screen for each other and, and get each other open off ball. And so I think that that level of coordination probably hasn't mm-hmm. been there as much. Like, it's not the most instinctive thing for, you know, Dennis to set a back screen for, for Pascal off the ball while Jakob has it and then Jakob delivers a, a good one, pass. too. <laughs> yeah, And a good one, too. Yeah. So, like, you know, I don't think Pascal is much of a screener. I think Scotty's a probably a good screener, too. But Scotty's usually the guy you want to get screened for, so for him to score as well. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, like, it's a variety of things. But I, I do like Jakob's. Uh, playmaking out of the high post like it always feels very satisfying when he gets it there um he's had a couple errant passes as well like i'm not trying to say that it's entirely on the rest of the guys but um you know for me it's it, it does feel like a secondary option though i don't know if it's like i'm coming down the floor and the first thing i want to do is get the ball in yak's hands like it's yeah. not the same as the kings where you've got the ball down the court and the first thing you want to do is well sometimes Sabonis pushes the break himself and then get some teams into doing that. Like, obviously, Yakov's not doing all that. And then, of course, what in terms of the scoring out of the post, like, or out of those elbow touches, it's like, yeah, I mean, if you had a mid-range jumper, if you had the ability to put it on the deck a couple times, I think in the, in the first time the Raptors played the Celtics, um, I saw that's when I saw Yak try to aggressively take it against Porzingis, and he actually scored a couple times. I don't mm-hmm. mind that. I actually wouldn't mind if Yak called his own number because he's always looking to pass first. And I yeah. do think that there's an element where it's like, okay, if you're going to constantly play in this role, you know, I, I do want to see some aggression from you. It's kind of what we talked about in the pick and roll with Dennis, right? Mm-hmm. You want to see Dennis show some score, uh, scoring, um, you know, determination. So that way that, you know, there's more space for Yak to slip in behind and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, ultimately it, it's another kind of like third tier option for me. Again, like I would very much prefer the ball to be in, in, in Scotty's hands and Pascal's hands as much as possible. Sure. And then the rest of the guys can just play off of that if they can, or if you can <laughs> space run a pick and properly, roll. space properly. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, clearly yeah. they don't always do that. And then the bench has very little unifying presence, you know? And so that, that's probably a bigger issue. But um, I think there is a little bit more you can get out of Yak, but there's also a limited ceiling. Yeah, sure. Um, I, mean, I love like the aspects of Darko's game, like the brush screens, the the throw aheads that they enjoy doing, mm-hmm. um, especially in transition. Like these are good signs and the, the process is getting better. I'm looking at the, the numbers here and like off ball screens are sixth, but mm-hmm. they're like 20, 25th and points in that in that category. And then mm-hmm. like in, in cuts, they're 28th off ball screens. Yeah, they're 25th. So they're trying these things, but they're not able to get the the execution and the spacing around the rim to actually finish around the basket. So this is again, going back to some of their three point shooting woes. But with that said, I mean, I, I really enjoy watching Pascal OG and, and Jakob kind of run their three man and those short range passes between them are so mm-hmm. fun to watch. And like, that's how you get the best out of those three, yeah. um, especially with the cutting. And, but it's all about, you know, how are you optimizing your spacing? That's why I respect Pascal Siakam like a few games ago when um, I think it was Blake Murphy, actually, he was asking about, you know, working in the post and Pascal, like he made a point of saying, he's like, the best part about it is like, yeah, we're going to get a good touch out of it, but also we can just like get our spacing right. Mm. Like, and it's kind of slowing down the game to speed it up. Eventually, once you're able to draw that double, then it's kick, swing, swing, and then you're getting a good shot. And they ran that all the time last season. And it, it worked for them, um, especially when they got Yakup Pertle and the, they had the pick and roll with, with Fred. So um, mm. I'm not sure what the ceiling is of, of Yak as a, as a, a hub, so to speak. But mm. um, I do think that that's a good 
process within point five basketball. I just think that, you know, maybe as we wrap up the podcast, we could touch on the the best point five basketball lineup the Raptors okay. can put out there right now. What is your okay. thought? I mean, look, listen, um, the starting five is not bad on that front. I really don't think it's like terrible for point five basketball, especially when Pascal gets back to his regular level of three point shooting. Just like yeah. again, if Pascal got to average, then all of a sudden I actually don't mind this. Uh, but the mm. grouping I had out there, so I, I had Dennis and Yak, OG Scotty, and then Otto as the, the floor spacer in this Otto, sort of scenario. Yes. Um, Otto just he does, he, you know, what he's just a really smart player. I should never worry about Otto when he's on the court. Um, but I think this one will give you some decent spacing. I think you can still run your pick and roll with Dennis and Jakob. You can still have Scotty running the point with this group if you want to, creating the offense. Um, and then you have two really good shooters in OG and Otto um, who can capitalize off of this. Because, again, I think, as you mentioned, the Raptors run good offense, but the talent to capitalize on those advantages created mm-hmm. aren't always that great. Like, the payoff for those aren't great, but that's a skill issue more than it's an execution issue. And then my secondary option with this uh, to include Pascal would be something um, like uh, Scotty, OG, Jakob, Pascal, and Gary. So in this case, Gary mm-hmm. comes in for Dennis. Um, I think that what this does is that you force kind of Scotty and Jakob to run pick and roll. or uh, And then that's sort of your central action. Maybe you put it into the post for Pascal and you generate your advantages there. But then, of course, you have OG and Gary. Again, like my goal is hopefully you get like two off-ball shooters that you can have. I know most teams have like three, maybe four. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raptors at two is, is already pretty good. So these <laughs> yeah. were the two ideas I came up with. What, what about you? I had the latter. That was mine. Um, okay. Otto Porter Jr. Like he can truly just slot in everywhere. I like him so much that I almost don't want to remove him from the role that he's in. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, sure. But not that it has to be a starting unit, but I, I like the idea of Gary just has a bit more penetration ability and able to finish at a few more levels. Um, although it's like kind of negligible to some degree, but I'd like to, yeah. sometimes he's able to get to the basket and it's looked pretty good, but um yeah, um, that was my lineup, and we'll see where things go with the Toronto Raptors this season. Um, it's been fun. We'll see how they do with, with the Orlando Magic. Then, obviously, they got the Pacers coming up. The The road back to 500 is on. William Liu, thank you so much, the man. The long march. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate you. All right. All right. Rate, review, subscribe, like on YouTube. We'll see you guys later. Bye-bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.